please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences, and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got here. and uh, uh, bipolar and uh, anxiety disorder. I was in a um, abusive relationship, uh, not physically, but uh, mentally, and uh, I lost all trust with him and he just treated me very, very poorly. He went from real great to real bad, um, very fast. And, um, I also caught him uh, cheating on me, or what I think was cheating on me. He never admitted it. But at that moment, um, yeah, I was definitely there. And then on top of that, uh, my grandfather had died. And I had a real fun, natural disaster that happened to my house. So all of those things in a matter of a couple weeks. For many months, I just thought about killing myself. I, of course... Um, I'm still here, thankfully, but um, it, it was an everyday thing. I mean, it was hard for me to get up and go to work. Um, um, I, <laughs> I also am a self-harmer, and it got so bad. Um, I, I'm not a cutter, but um, I hit myself, and I always hit myself behind my head or hair so that people can't see it. Um, but it got so bad that it, I could barely brush my teeth or talk, which is what I do for a living. Um, or, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it was uh, real bad. And I, I, one night specifically, I came home and um, my boyfriend uh, wouldn't talk to me. He, he works out of state, but um, he wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't do anything. He pretend like... He was busy, but I know he wasn't. And uh, I just lost my mind and hit myself so hard that um, this part, the I had run out of space to hit myself, and it was it was so painful um, that I hit myself in my eye and didn't even realize it. And I woke up the next morning, and I was supposed to be hosting a uh, going away party, and my friend walked in the door and asked me what had happened to my eye. I had no idea that I had this raging black eye. Um, so that was pretty much the lowest part. That that night was probably the lowest part. I just never did anything about it and kept pushing through. Uh, a lot of it was uh, in high school, middle school and high school. Um, I honestly, I, I didn't have an issue from like 21 till 35. There was, you know, a very small moment, but um, I, I did really good for a super long time. Um, but yeah, in high school, um, I... I am uh, from a very broken home, and my my mother had me at 14, and my father 
was in and out of jail my whole life, still is. Um, and uh, we were on welfare, you know, and it was just very embarrassing. Um, but during that time, uh, my biggest support system, who was my aunt um, and the person I looked up to the most, uh, died. Um, um, died the day before her wedding in a car accident. Um, so I think that like dealing with that is when my family realized that I did have something wrong with me. And that was in third grade, um, which I don't know if you guys know anything about third grade and girls, but that is the most impressionable year of their lives. I think that was a, a downward spiral, um, very hard in third grade and then fourth grade. Um, but I think after fourth grade, it just kind of slowly escalated. Um, they, they did put me in therapy. I, I've been going to therapy since I was in fourth grade. Um, my family has been extremely dedicated to um, my health and well-being. Uh, and... Yeah, just making sure that I'm on track with that always. Um, but yeah, fourth fourth grade um, and third and fourth grade was just a, a rough one for me, and and just finding out that um, this is something that I don't think I knew it at the time, but it's something that isn't normal. Well, that's not true either. It's so normal. Um, just harder to deal with than other people, I guess. And you know, at that time especially that time, I think it's better now, but you don't talk about depression. You, you know, it, it is a, a taboo subject. Um, but yeah, then it went on to moving um, an extreme amount from third grade to sixth grade. I was in three different states and I think like five or six different schools which also didn't help. Um, I was also picked on because I'm Jewish and I wore my Star of David. And in Arkansas, there's a lot of gang members where I'm from and they thought I was repping a gang because their gang symbol is a five-pointed star. And the yeah, the Star of David is a six-pointed star. So I would have these fourth graders beating me up every day. Um, actually kids younger than me were beating me up, kids older than me. I mean, and I, um, also was, um, uh, one of the only, uh, white people in that school in my grade. There was one other person and that area has got a very, um, there's a lot of, uh, poverty there. And we lived in a big house that was in our family that we lived in free, but it sat on top of a hill overlooking all the Section 8 houses, me being this white girl coming down from this big old house, like everyone thought I was privileged and then also, you know, repping a gang. So yeah, got, got beat up a lot and then had to go to many different schools on top of that. And then finally I got to the DC area where we stayed for a long time until I moved here.
was when I um, had depression and and um, and the like. I would just wake up one day and just be in this amazing mood, and then the next hour I would want to like beat my brother's ass. Sorry, my beat my brother's butt. Um, who <laughs> was he's eight years younger than me. Um, uh, I I had a lot of um, dependence dependency issues at that moment too. I um, dabbled in pretty much any drug I could find, which didn't help um, stabilizing my moods. Uh, I also had an issue with not just being high and ha- like happy or really sad. It it was more I'm really happy or really angry and irritable um, still to this day. And that's why I wanted to murder my brother all the time. Um, I felt very strongly that he got a lot more attention, positive attention than I did. Um, I also got held back in sixth grade because my, or sorry, yeah, sixth grade, my mother didn't think I was ready for middle school. And uh, at that point I was going, I did live in a very privileged area. So then all those kids started making fun of me, which was fun. Um, So at the end of middle school, and the beginning of high school, my because I kept trying to, I don't know if trying is the right word, I kept calling out for help by having all these suicide um, attempts. Um, so they, they put me in a hospital um, for that for two weeks. I, I got out. I was still a mess. So they put me in. For another two weeks, and that's when they decided to put me in residential. So I had ended up being in this hospital for almost six months, um, which was terrible. I missed a lot of holidays. Um, I really didn't see anyone for six months. We, you know, I lived in this building. Um, I didn't know what it looked like from the outside, which is, I I have a good story about that one. Um, And I was with, people who were schizophrenic or, you know, it was like a whole bunch of different people, but the counselors were so amazing. And again, my family was so amazing that they, you know, I just, I learned coping skills at that point, um, which have been a huge, um, help for me. But, um, yeah, so there was, there was, uh, some fun stuff happening back then. At the end of high school, my mother got married to, who is now my stepfather, and um, we lived in this incredible house in this incredible uh, neighborhood that someday I wish I could live there again. Um, and I think two years into us living there, because I was one of those late bloomers, I didn't want to leave the house, um, we're driving uh, we're we're driving back home from having lunch or I think yeah having lunch and I catch my you know catch something to the right and I look over 
and I think it said the name Dominion, which was the hospital. And I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, is that the hospital I was in? And she just kind of, she laughed and she's like, are you serious? You, you didn't know that we live right next to it. I had no idea. And also, um, the residential, right after I left, the residential program actually got shut down. And the reason why is because my neighborhood was too scared that we were going to escape and run run through this neighborhood, like terrorizing everyone. Um, and th- then after that, I was babysitting their children. So yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> When I'm really low, I can't stay in my house. I can't be alone with my thoughts. So I go out and try to socialize, but then when I'm socializing, I'm annoyed by the people I'm socializing with. And all they're doing is giving me love and compassion. And I'm like, I, I mean, it's, I try not, like I can see myself doing it, but I can't stop it. Um, and I just hate that I make those people feel that way. And then I get sad because of that. Um, and, uh, when I get sad because I feel like I haven't, cause I'm also a people pleaser. Um, if that makes sense. I don't, um, so when I get really sad, that's when I hit myself is because I feel like I've disappointed that person or treated that person poorly. And, that yeah and just like all that person wants to do is love me and like why am I why am I doing this and I have also learned that hurting myself is what I what I think is me trying to bring myself back to earth like I'm just like completely gone and have just kind of lost it and uh there's there's the sadness, there's a little bit of control in there, and then just trying to get myself back to reality. Growing up, um, I was sexually abused a few times. Um, my, 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 I was a latchkey kid. My mom had two jobs. She tried her hardest, but again, I was that angsty teenager that was out and about and wherever I could find drugs and alcohol, I was there. And unfortunately, that was um, part of it. Um, And then uh, recently, well, about three in a little over three years ago, um, I was very inebriated, um, coming home from a show. I live very close to a venue and, um, my old work. And this friend was like, I, I just want to make sure that you're, you get home. Okay. Um, so he 
took me home. He walked me home and um, I ended up locking myself out of the house. So then he crawled into a small window to get me in. Um, but after that, um, he, um, uh, raped me and that's one of the main things I'm going to therapy for right now. Um, even though I'm too scared to talk about it, but (laughs) with her, um, but I don't even though I'm working through it, I don't know that I'll ever be able to see him, like say his name. Um, and I unfortunately still see him because we have so many different friends. Um, and um, he is bold enough to come into um, the place I work every once in a while. And I just have to sit there and deal with it because I don't want to tell people that this is that person or even say that I've been raped, you know? Um, so yes, that on top of the other things that I shared earlier. I have the best insurance with the best mental health insurance, but I still choose to pay a lot of money to go to this one therapist because she has seen me since I was about 30, uh, three years old. Um, but we were just catching up on things and she mentioned, um, if I had had any of that trauma. And I think that is when I, spoke about the things in high school and then um finally admitted to myself because I was I was in a lot of shame because I was so drunk um and barely remembered it um but just I can feel his skin on my skin and it's fucking disgusting run into a person that doesn't believe in depression that's more crazy than depression to me um oh man that's such a good question be open especially if you know the person going through the depression if you love them just be there for them and know that it exists reach out for help talk about it don't be scared to talk about it it's terrifying it's terrifying it's a terrifying subject but be strong don't be stubborn grab onto anything you can that's a positive that can that will be a positive thing in your life and just hold tight because it always gets better
uh, and again, you got to deal with the shit to appreciate the good. And I tell myself that every day. I also tell myself the older I get, the more I know I don't know. Um, but it's going to be okay as long as you allow yourself to get the help to know your worth and to, yeah, to know your worth and to allow yourself to get the help that you need and deserve. And that even the people you don't know that are so much better than the people we've encountered as children um, will be happy to help you. I think it, there's super great things out there, like even a suicide prevention texting. So you don't actually have to talk to someone, you just text them and they're there in you know five minutes and it's free. Or if you do live in Denver, people's house is a pay what you can. That's how I found all my therapists. Uh, there's one in Aurora and one down in um, Highlands. You have to you have to deal everyone depressed or not has to experience a lot of shit to appreciate the good and um the older i get the more i know i don't know and i i definitely thought i knew it all even in third grade um but yeah things <laughs> Life sucks right now, but it's going to be better. It's going to be beautiful. You're going, you know, the amount of people that are beating you up, you're going to soon have that amount of people just being there and loving you and supporting you and being great friends. People who don't deal with depression, you're very special. You are a rare breed, and I am extremely envious of you. Um, I also think with that, um, educate yourself. Talk to your friends about it. Be happy and encouraging that they are comfortable enough to reach out to you and ask for help even though you don't deal with that because that means that you're a very good friend like you don't get it but they're still reaching out to you because you clearly love that person but um education is i think a, a big thing even for people with depression for more information and to donate, please visit youdon'tfightalone.org. You Don't Fight Alone is sponsored in part by Mentally Chill, an improv team talking about mental illness and how it's so hard but no one likes to bother anyone about it. Be prepared to be bothered. Find them on facebook.com slash mentallychillimprov, Instagram at mentallychillimprov, and at Voodoo Comedy beginning this September.
The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycom. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.